0: Well, guys, I just want to welcome you once again to Swerve Church. Thank you so much for spending some time uh, with us this afternoon. I want to apologize because, man, the past couple of days I've had—I lost my—I th- lost my voice pretty much. And the way I sound now is way better than I did a couple of days ago. Uh, so I apologize for that, and just bear with me. I try my very best. Okay, that's why I brought a, a cup of uh, lemonade here. So, so if I choke and somebody come here and finish the message, it's all written up here. Okay. But uh, I just want to thank you guys so much for joining us this, this afternoon and spending some time with us. And I'm really excited about this new series today. It's called I Want to Believe, But. And you know, you might be sitting here today and, and, and you're on the precipice of a relationship with Jesus or you're on the edge of surrendering your life you know, to God. But what might be keeping you there are these questions and these doubts you know, that you have of God. You know, perhaps you might think if there really were a God, why would he have allowed that sickness or that death in my family if if it was true or, or why would he allow that tragedy if there was a god or maybe you said god if if you were real i would have i would have been able to feel your presence you know when i really needed it that time when i was like really alone god if you were real man yeah i would have been able to to feel you and even if this is not you and you don't share those sentiments, chances are that you've heard similar types of sentiments. You've heard similar type of statements said from friends and family members and the people that you love. You know, the general consensus seems to be, God, if you're real, I really want to believe. If you're real, why don't you always do what I want? Why don't you always do what I ask from you? And so throughout this series, this new series, we're just kicking it off today called I Want to Believe But. We want to address some of these questions and we want to look at God's word. We really want to look at the scriptures. And that's why you guys have those bulletin notes. Turn it over to the other side. And today's passages are there so that you can follow along and take notes. But we want to look at God's words and we want to see what it has to teach us about who God is so that we can better understand. You know, if you're here today. Without a single doubt in your mind, you have no doubt at all of who God is and what he's done. And I hope that through this series, you can learn some ways to help answer those that you love. So that when those that you love, those friends, those family members, those coworkers, when they come with those doubts and those questions, why didn't God answer my prayer? You have have some response for them. You have a verse, a scripture that you can share with them and encourage them during those difficult times. But however, if you're here today, And you want to believe, but, and that but keeps getting in the way. I want to believe in you, God. I really do. Well, then I hope that we can answer some of those questions and then just bring you a step closer. Just bring you one step closer to God. Our mission as a church is to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus. And that's what we want to do today. We want to help you take your next step on your spiritual journey. So that's you. And you have those questions that I want to believe, but want to help you take your next step and hopefully answer just some of those questions. But if you're here today, you don't have any, a doubt in your mind, then I hope that we can learn a little bit so that you can share with those that you love when they do have those questions. Now, growing up, I don't know if you guys remember this, but we, we, if we wanted to watch a show on TV, what did you have to do? You had to tune in at the exact time that the show was going on, right? So if you, if you wanted to watch TV and the show is at 8 p.m., You had to catch it. If you turned it on at 8.30, what happened? You missed it, right? And then I know this is really caveman here, but when you wanted to watch a TV show, you had to catch it at the right time, but you also had to sit through all the commercials. Yeah, believe it or not. I know that's really difficult to believe because nowadays, you know, we have Hulu and we have YouTube and we have... You know, all that stuff. You can pretty much, you know, Netflix. We have all these programs and all these things that, and all these apps, you can pretty much watch TV on demand whenever you want and skip the commercials. And I love it. Don't you guys love that? You know, my wife and I, we're binge watching a YouTube travel vlog. And I love it because we can virtually, we can travel to Myanmar, to Thailand, to Hong Kong, right from the comfort of our sofa. You know, it's pretty great. And so we just binge watch through the whole thing. This guy's all over the world and we watch it. You know, I really love it. You know, you can catch an entire season of your favorite show in one or two cities. If you wanted to, you can binge watch the whole is on demand. But I think that this feeds into the way that we look at God and we expect him to operate. I think a lot of people want to believe in an on demand God. I think that's what a lot of people want. God that can meet our every need and he can answer positively to every single one of our prayers Every prayer request that we ask, we want God to answer every single one. We want every single one of them to be yes. We want every single, we want this on-demand God. And I think we often look at him like this big cosmic genie. You guys remember the movie Aladdin, right? The movie Aladdin, in the movie, the main character, Aladdin, he rubs, he rubs a lamp. And what comes out, right? The genie comes out and he rubs it. And there's this big mystical, magical genie voiced by Robin Williams. And when Aladdin finds him, genie, he sings out a song, he belts out a whole song about all the things that he can do for Aladdin, right? But he he said, you never had a friend like me, right? (laughs) You never had a friend like me. And I think for so many of us, you know, there's a similar view of who God is and what he should do for us. Like God is this big cosmic genie in the sky. We have this picture of an on-demand God where we pray to him, we pray for it, and he does it exactly the way that we want it, right? Now of course I don't need to make light of what many of us pray for. Maybe you're praying for some stuff right now and I don't need to make light of it at all because maybe you can view you can see that view of God for those people that are praying for some superficial things like you know God give me more money, give me a better job, you know give me a new car, a Porsche, whatever. But for many their prayer requests are very serious. It's not just that. It's a it's a serious prayer request and and they're very seriously and very genuinely asking God for things that are completely out of their control. So for example, think about the teenager that prayed for their mom and dad's struggling marriage. God, help my mom, help my dad. Don't don't let them go through this only to find out that the parents still get divorced. Others pray for God to help them get out of a financial difficulty that they're facing. They, They try to be generous and they try to do good, but they can never seem to get out of the red. God, help me get out of this financial tension. How about that married couple that so bad, they wanted to have a child. God, give us a child, God. We want a baby. There's so many people that are having kids and and mistreating them and not taking care and giving them up. Lord, give us, we want a child, God. And even though they dedicated much prayer and fasting to the fact, it seems that those prayers go unheard. After all, God could do it, right? Couldn't God do it? Couldn't God give the baby? Couldn't he help the person out of financial, give him stability financially? Couldn't he keep the parents together from not getting divorced? You know, what about that life group that He that prayed for that loved one? God, please don't let Aunt, Auntie Susie go. Don't let this, please God, do something. The life group gets together, they pray and they cry. But that same life group is now attending the funeral of that loved one. God, what what... What is it? Yeah, I saw a movie this this past week called Greater. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's all about an aspiring football player. And this football player, his dream is to make it to the NFL one day. And he's a super hard worker. And the theme throughout the movie are especially relevant to what we're talking about today, to this topic. But one scene in particular really stuck out to me. Imagine this. There's two main characters on the film. One of them is Brandon. He's the aspiring NFL star. And then there's Marty, his older brother. Now, their dad was a deadbeat. He was a deadbeat. He was, he was not involved in their lives at all. But all of a sudden, his dad is stricken with, 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 with a life-ending uh, illness. And he's in the hospital. So they go, Marty and Brandon, they go to visit the dad. And even though all the bad stuff that he's done to them, and even though he was a, he was a dad that was not in the picture, they still want God to do a miracle. They want a chance for forgiveness. They want a chance to see dad see the kids uh, grow up. So they, they get around him and they begin to pray. And I want you to check out what happens. What's, what's this?
1: It's a title to your car. You paid it off. Yeah, I sold my guitar last month trying to help your mom out. you know, she's struggling, trying to keep the house, working a few jobs. You might be a big help to her, Brandon. I hear you got a shot at the NFL. Well, that's a long shot, Daddy. Not something you base a financial plan on. Well, them long shots, they pay off the biggest, you know. I'd like to see Barbara finally get her a man that gives it that it takes. I mean, I didn't do my part. It's up to you boys. Take care of her. You understand?
0: We understand.
1: Well, you left plenty of time to do your part, Dad. You're going to be just fine. God can heal you if He wants to, and He does. because You're a good man, you deserve a second All chance. Right. I give it to you. And I can't be more merciful than God, now can I? So you're going to be fine, and He's going to be just fine. Let's just pray. Lord, make that better. We asked you, Lord Jesus Christ, to make him better. So please give us some kind of sign that that we can see.
0: Martin, it's those who haven't seen and have believed that are blessed.
1: Why? Why is that? If we ask in his name, we should get exactly what we want, right? It says in the book, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And if you're not a righteous man, Brandon, I don't know who is, so pray. Right now, pray. Marty. Let's pray. Oh, Marty. No, Lord. Nobody's promised tomorrow, Lord, he's a good man. He deserves a second chance here. We're just praying for you, Lord, to help us out a little bit, just to let him have a little bit more time with us. That's all I'm asking. You have eternity. What's a couple more years to you, it's everything to us. I want him to get to know my children. I want him to get to know Brandon. Lord, please, let him be better. Please, Lord, we ask in the name oh, of Lord God. Jesus Christ. All right. We're praying to you, Lord. Please, watch over Daddy. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for
0: thou art with me. So, when God doesn't do what you think he should, some might conclude God must not be real. If he is real, then he's most certainly he's not powerful. He's definitely not good, for sure. And he doesn't care about me or what goes on down here on earth. So where is this on-demand God? Well, on-demand God doesn't exist. And it's so important for us to get this, guys. You know, in order for us to have proper expectations of God, we need to understand his character. We need to understand who God is. And we simply cannot know his character except by what has been revealed to us through his word. And I'm afraid that many of us have a view or an understanding of God that is dictated by culture's depiction of him or some random post on Facebook. Some random ramblings from somebody, oh, that's who God is. Some random video clip. It's so important for us to get this and I know know this is such a tough topic for many. So I'm really trying to walk sensitively on this. But we really need to understand this. And we need to allow God to speak for himself through his word. So here's what you need to understand about on the man God. God doesn't exist to serve us. We exist to serve him. You have those fill in the blanks right there in your notes. You can go ahead and fill them in and follow along. God doesn't exist to serve us. We exist to serve him. Listen, guys, we're not the main character in the Bible. Okay, God is the main character Scripture. The Bible is not a book about you or me. It's God's words about himself and the redemption of humanity through this man named Jesus Christ. But so often we input ourselves into the Bible as the main character. The main character of the Bible is not you or I. The main character of the Bible is God and it's God's redemptive story of humankind through Jesus Christ. No, God is not a genie in the sky. He's not our cosmic Coke machine where you put two pennies of prayer and then he kicks out the soda that you want, whatever prayer request that you have. We have to understand this. You put the two pennies of prayers and out comes your blessings. God is not a piñata stuffed with blessings where you can go and and smack the snot out of the piñata so that it can pour out blessings over your life. That's not who God is. No, God is creator. Do you understand that God is creator? And if he's creator, what does that make us? We're the created. We are creation. He is the creator. He's the potter. What does that make us? We're the clay, right? He's the potter. We're the clay. God is the one who sits at the potter's wheel and he forms and he breaks and he structures and he creates. That's who God is. And I understand that there's some tension to wrestle with here. I get that. Some of what I'm saying may be contrary to what you've heard about God your whole life. You know, perhaps you've heard Bible verses taken out of context, basically tells you that, you know, God wants to give you the desires of your heart. God wants to bless and to prosper you and give you everything that you ask for. And in part, this is the problem. We need to understand who God truly is and what are the characteristics of God. We cannot base who God is from some 30 30 minute sermon, you know, on the Internet or on TV from some evangelist with shiny shoes and a pinstripe suit. We need to look at God's word to see who he truly is. And unfortunately, a lot of those times we're just fed culturally. All these verses taken out of context. God wants to give you everything. He wants to bless you. He wants to give you a prosperous life. And all those verses taken out of its context. And then we say, well, God, you didn't give me what I wanted. You didn't give me prosperity. So you must not be real then. Or you must not care about me. So what are the characteristics of God? The theological term is, now you want to write this down, is attributes. What are the attributes of God? And to answer that question You know, we need to look at the Bible and see what he says about himself. The the Bible is our utmost authority. It's super important. It's the very words of God. That's why every Sunday we dedicate a 30-minute block to teaching God's word. It's the most important thing for us. And we need to look at what he says about himself. We have to learn about him from what he has revealed to us about himself through the word. And as we study these attributes, you're going to begin to find out who God truly is. And number one in your notes, But we need to start off by knowing this, is that God's heart is always loving. God's heart is always loving. This is so important for you to know. God's heart is always loving. In fact, elsewhere in the Bible, it says that love is who he is. His very essence is love. It is who he is. God is love. So if you're a parent, you know that there's never a time that you don't love your kids, right? You just don't stop loving your kids even when they get on your last nerve, right? And they're bouncing off the walls. You you still love them. You know, you still, you know, but even with all that love for them, you don't give them everything they ask you for. Is that right? Right, You don't. you don't give them everything. Junior right now, he's telling me that he wants to drive the car. He's nine. The most loving thing that I can do is not allow him to drive a car, right? Because he's not ready. He's not prepared. You know, Melody wants to eat She's my youngest, she's four. She wants to eat a bowl of ice cream for dinner every night. That's what she wants for dinner. She doesn't want the food that Melissa cooked. And I have to tell her, Melody, I love you. I don't think that's a good idea that you have a bowl of ice cream for dinner. Because I want her to eat a nutritious dinner and then maybe after, she can have a little dessert in moderation. Why? Because I don't love her? No, because I want what's best for her and for her body and for her development. And the best thing for her You know, as far as our nutrition is not to eat a bowl of ice cream for dinner every night. And it's the same with God. Listen, the absence of difficulty is not a proof of God's absence. The absence of difficulty is not proof of God's absence. I want to look at a passage in Romans chapter 8. Remember, we're talking about the attributes of God. And one of the things we need to know is that God is always loving. This is found in Romans chapter 8. We're going to read a couple verses, but let's start off with verse 35 here. You can follow along in your notes, and then it's also up here on the screen. Here's a question. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? This is a great question. What can separate you from God's love through Christ? What can, can, can financial trouble separate your love from God? Can can unemployment, getting laid off, can that separate you from God's love? Can cancer or some form of infirmity or sickness, as horrible as that is, can that separate you from God's love through Christ? What about a relational breakdown? You know, what about a hardship, a loss in a relationship? Can that separate you from God's love? Depression, sadness, discouragement, can that separate us from God's love? That's a great question. What's the answer? Let's go on to verse 37. You have it there. notes. you can follow along here too. It says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from what? From the love of Of God that is in Christ Jesus. Our Lord, please guys, underline that right there. You know, the last part. (coughs) Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And that's so important for us to know. Listen, God doesn't prove His love when He answers your prayers. Okay? That's not proof that God loves you. God proved His love when He sent His Son Jesus to come and to die for us in our place. God saw us in our sinful condition and he still loved us. We were sinners by nature and choice and our relationship with God broken. And he loved us so much that he sent Jesus Christ, His son to come and to live a perfect life, to die the death that our sin deserved on a cross. And then he rose from the grave, granting us forgiveness of our sin and reconciling our relationship with God the Father. God doesn't prove his love for you when he gives you positively everything that you ask him for. His love was proved for you through Jesus dying on a cross for your sins. God doesn't prove his love when he answers our prayers. It is proved in the person of Jesus Christ. So this is who God is. God's heart is always loving. Here's number two in your notes. We're talking about the attributes of God. God's ways are always higher. You can write that in. God's ways are always higher. Now listen, there are many things that I can't even begin to explain, okay? That I know right there, you're sitting there and you're thinking, yeah, but, but Danny, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what the hell, I, what, all the hell that broke out. and did. All the... You, you just don't know the struggle. that. I, and I know you're sitting there and you might have these objections. And I can't even begin to explain. In fact, man, it would be foolish of me to try to explain why certain things would happen. I wouldn't even try to explain. There are moments of very real heartache and hurt, guys, in our lives. And we can't pretend to always understand why they happen. You know, for example, the sudden loss of a loved one that was considered to be in their prime. They were healthy. There's no way that this person would have died. Or a child that's born with some kind of deformity or or a sickness. You you can't begin to explain that. What about a natural disaster that takes away hundreds of thousands of innocent lives? We can't even begin to explain. nor but we attempt to. I'm not going to attempt to explain that away. What we do is trust that God's ways are always higher. The verse we want to read here is found in Isaiah. You have it there in your notes as well It's Isaiah 55. And it's a very famous verse. It says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than what? Than your ways. And my thoughts than what? than your thoughts. And what we learn from this verse is that we want to trust in the sovereignty of God, knowing that some way, somehow, God knows and He understands and will turn it ultimately for His good. You know, what you might see, and some of you have experienced this, a difficult thing, becomes a catalyst that draws you closer to God and it brings you right in the middle of his perfect plan for his life, some way, somehow. Some of you have experienced this. You've gone through a great difficulty, a great hardship, and somehow that difficulty brought you right into the middle of God's plan for your life. And I'm not going to claim to say that I fully understand or get God's, because by the way, God's ways are what? They're higher. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. So we're never going to understand. What does it mean, sovereign? What does it mean that he is sovereign? the word sovereign, what is that? It means that God reigns over it all. Now, do you see the word over and reign in the word sovereign? Basically, that's what it means. And when we say that we trust in God's sovereignty, both the good and the bad, he reigns over it all. While you may not be able to understand how or why right now, you can trust that his ways are higher, that his thoughts are higher than your own. And one day, you know, over time, it might not be anytime soon, it might not be right away, but you're going to be able to see that even through those difficult times and unanswered prayers, God was faithful. Why? Because he's sovereign. He reigns over it all, good and the bad. And here's number three in your notes. We're talking about the attributes of God. Number three, God's presence is enough. God's presence is always it's always, always enough. And I love this psalm. David wrote this psalm. It's a very popular psalm. I'm pretty sure a lot of you have it memorized. But this is verse, verse 4. And it says this, uh, Psalm 23, 4. You have it during in your notes. Why, why don't we read this all together? This is so profound. This is such a deep verse. Can you guys read this verse together nice and loud? Help me out since so I don't have a voice. Ready? One, two, three, read. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I I will fear fear no evil, evil, for you are with me. God, you are with me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even when I walk through the most difficult and most profound times, even when I find myself in the deepest, darkest valley, God, you are there. And this is God's promise to us. Even when we walk through the most difficult times, he's going to be with us. And guess what? His presence is is enough he promises in his word elsewhere that he will never leave us he will never forsake us no matter when you walk through the darkest time the darkest season of your life God is there and his presence is always enough listen I can sit here all day and I can read to you passages of scripture where God proved this to be true God was with Daniel in the lion's den Closing the mouths of lions so they wouldn't consume them. God was in the fiery furnace with those three Jewish boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. God was with them in the furnace and the fire did not consume them while they were there. He was with Job. When Job lost his family, he lost his wealth. He lost his home. He lost it all. God was with Job. Listen, this is the most profound one to me. He was with Stephen when Stephen was being stoned, martyred. One of the, He was uh, one, he was one of the proclaimers of the gospel of the early church. They took him out. They dragged him out. And after he preached his heart out, they began throwing rocks to him. The word of God tells us in the book of Acts that he looked up to heaven and he saw Christ sitting at the right hand of the father. And the Bible says that the people looked at him and saw the face of an angel. God was with Stephen as they were throwing rocks to his head and martyred him. He was with Paul when he was shipwrecked at sea. He was with Peter when Peter was unjustly shackled and locked up in jail for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And guess what? He's with each and every single one of you. Even in the darkest, even in the most hard, the most difficult times of your lives, God is with you in the middle of your hardship. And guess what? His presence is enough. His presence is enough. If you ever heard someone say, or if someone were to say to you, you know, God didn't do what I want when I want it. God didn't answer that prayer. He didn't do, you know, you, you let not know, you know, with all due respect, on demand, God doesn't exist. And if they were to respond, you mean that your God doesn't do everything that you want when you want him to? And you can answer no, no. My God is way too powerful. His ways are higher than my ways. he's, He's too wise. He's too powerful. He's too magnificent to be a puppet for man. My God can't be a puppet for man. He's way beyond that. God is the supreme creator. He's the sustainer. He's the Lord of it all. He's always loving. His ways are always higher. And even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, His presence is Always enough. If you guys turn your connection card to the back, there's a next step that I would love for you guys to take. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're not a follower of Jesus, then I would love for you to check off that second. I would love for you to take that step right there of committing and surrendering your life to Jesus Christ, surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus. And if you haven't made that decision to follow Jesus, then please check that off and then you're going to have an opportunity later when Stephen comes back up and you can drop that right in the bucket and make that commitment. But for the rest of us, man, there's, there's a next step, right? To trust that God's ways are higher. Is that right? So if you're a follower of Jesus, I think that's the next step that we can all take, okay? Would you guys check that off this week? We want to pray with you when we receive your connection cards this week. So just take that next step. And God, I'm just going to trust your way. I may not understand it. I might not get it all, oh, but you know what? I'm just going to trust that your ways are higher than our ways. So take that next step and you can drop it in the bucket. Stephen's going to give you a little bit more instructions on that. But before we do that, would you guys join me in this prayer? God, we just pray right now. Lord, I know that this is a heavy topic. God, but I thank you that you're not an on-demand, God, lest lest we be gods and tell you what to do. God, you're mighty, you're supreme, and you're Lord over it all. God, and I understand your sovereignty, Lord. You reign over it all, the good and the bad. Father, I just pray that you would help us to grasp and to understand, Lord, a little bit while we're here at least, Lord, just so that we can trust you, God. And in those moments, Lord, where there's real un- where there's real no understanding, God, help us to just trust that your ways are higher. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Your ways higher than our ways. God, and help us, Lord, all to take that next step to surrender, God, the hardships, difficult times, those unanswered prayers to leave them at the feet of the cross. And to realize, God, that you don't prove your love to us when you give us what we want. Lord, your love was proven long ago with Christ on the cross, dying for our sins. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you that your ways are higher and that your presence is always enough. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.